Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Celebrating 150 years in the family, we head to Pierce County now, just outside uh, the community of Beldenville, where we're visiting with uh, Lori Lungard. She is one of the family members that uh, has been a part of the operating side of the farm and now continuing to work towards the next generation. So, Linda, tell me a little bit about the home farm. Uh, How did it get acquired? How did it become a part of uh, the family operation? Well, it was actually in the family from 1856, so that makes it 165 years, but um, it was passed on from the original homesteader, Martin, onto his son, Oscar, and then it was passed on from him to two of his sons who farmed together there, William and Melvin, Melvin being my husband's father. It was passed on from, uh, William died first. No, no, Melvin died first, so his wife got his portion of it, and William passed on later, so then it was sold to Galen and myself. Sure. In, uh, in the 80s, 1980s. Sure. How big, how big was the farm initially? Has it grown? Tell me a little bit more about it. Uh, 160 acres. Before that, uh, Martin, the original homesteader, had the whole quarter section that he sold the corner mm-hmm. 80 off. Yeah. Um, I'd have to do the math. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Just giving, giving me a sense of how it started. So were they dairy operators? I mean, how did they get there? That's 1856. Oh, they, my goodness. Yeah, they, they um, came across through um, Ellis Island in uh, 1840s, 1840. Nine, I believe, and they actually migrated to southern Wisconsin and then eventually settling uh, in Martell, uh, up Pierce County. Wow, yeah. So tell me a little bit, were there any buildings? Uh, was it a dairy facility? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, when Martin first came, you mean? Sure. Sure. No, he had to homestead it, so it was virgin land. There was nothing there. Um, he set up a shop in a hardware store in Martell, general hardware store, with uh, another partner, and they ran that for a while. He then acquired this land of what is now the Lundgaard Farm in 1856. I don't know that he built much up at that point, he did go into the Civil War in 1862, so he wasn't married yet. Then in 1865, the Civil War ended, and he came back home all in one piece, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And he got married then in 1873 to um, what would be um, my husband's great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. Then... They built up the dairy operation, and well, it was more than dairy. It was it was a family farm that 
where they had hogs and horses. Well, they farmed with horses, so obviously they had horses. Cows, chickens, sheep, pigs. Did I say that? Yeah, so... But all, all the buildings off of the lumber that came out of the woods on the farm. Wow, excellent. And, and thinking about somebody that served in the Civil War coming back to farm. Tell me a little bit about the changes that the farm has seen. Maybe something that uh, you've noticed uh, since you married in, or maybe the stories that were shared with you, Lori. Well... There have there have been fewer buildings over time because uh, going through the depression and all, they weren't able to keep up the the buildings on the property, so they just kind of fell apart and fell down, and it became more focused on dairy. So the barn itself was enhanced <clears throat> to be automated for dairying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I basically did all of the construction work on the farm himself by installing automatic pipeline and milkers and bulk tanks. Wow. Where previously, you know, they had milk cans and they set them into cold water to keep them. Oh, yeah. Um, but he had this, the milk house with the automated wash system for the pipeline and all that. How, so, many, how many cows did he ever milk? He had 40 stanchions, mm-hmm. and he just milked 40, but he had, oh, like 20 young stock coming up that were, mm-hmm. that were you know, to repl- they were replacement heifers for sure. the milk yep. as they got old. Yep, um, sounds just like my home farm. Now, when, what about when uh, you folks uh, took it over then? How did, uh, how did that transition happen? Well, it was either find employment somewhere or take over the family farm because who the people who were left on the farm were the widows of Melvin and William. Mm-hmm. The widows were my husband's mother and his aunt. They weren't, they weren't wanting to farm and milk cows and all that. So my husband just made the decision to... Um, make it easier for a one-man operation. That's when he decided to transition it to automated with, oh, barn cleaner that was a conveyor instead of shoveling. You know, it it can be back end. And and like I said, the automatic milking system there. Mm Mm-hmm. Does um, does your daughter, does uh, the family still dairy, or tell me about uh, kind of that next generation? Okay, in in 1986, he when he developed the allergy to the cows, he got rid of the herd and just focused on horses mm-hmm. and cash crop. Mm-hmm. And horses being mainly for pleasure, but you have to grow some feed for the horses. So, and the farm being as big as it was, too much. So he sold hay and corn. Sure, sure. What about um, what about other other stories connected to the farm? I mean, you guys, uh, 150 years. There's got to be some interesting uh, exchanges that happen over the Thanksgiving table or uh, family reunions, get-togethers like that. Share some of those stories with me, Lori. Okay, I'm looking at my husband right now, trying to pick his brain <laughs> <laughs> because there probably are so many that. Uh, how do you? Yeah. How do you? 
split out. Well, right? your, your community right there has definitely been through some changes, probably even since you had uh, your daughter and son-in-law take things over. Um, yeah. Just tell me how well, the how the community's changed. Well, one thing that that comes to my mind, the stories that get told over and over again, was during threshing, how the families would, the farmers would all get together and work as as a team, as a whole crew, and move the threshing operation from one farm to the next farm to the next farm, and all the women of the families would throw together the the dinners every day, and the men would come in and eat on their for their lunchtime, dinner time, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stories evolved around what went on at the dinner table. Sure. sure. Um, this, this one that comes to mind was when Dale and Samson, the neighbor that lived right across the road from the lot and store, was sitting at the dinner table, and one of the ladies brought out dessert, which happened to be a pie, and she handed it to Dalen, and uh, he wasn't finished with his meal yet, so he decided he was going to have this particular slice of pie, so he poked his finger into it, and he said, this one is mine. (laughs) So he passed the pie to the next fellow, and he says, okay, nobody take." This one, it's it's Dalen. So he poked his finger into it, too. And it was all the way around the table, everybody poking their finger into Dalen's pizza pie, saying, don't take this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that sounds like the family dynamics that a lot of us grew up with, uh, shenanigans for sure. Now, looking looking forward then, Linda, uh, like you said, you and your husband uh, uh, passed the farm on to your daughter and son-in-law. What are what are their plans? Will it stay a part of the family? Absolutely. Um, Gina, my daughter, um, growing up as a child, she didn't really enjoy the farm because of the chores and the washing the bulk tank every other day for one of her chores that she had to do. That was probably her least favorite thing to do. So she would get one of her friends to hang out for the day, and she would... Uh, convince him kind of like a Tom Sawyer type of a way. Hey, Huckleberry Finn, look how much fun it is to paint the fence, right? Mm-hmm. Or she could entice her friends into washing the bulk tank for her. She was pretty good convincer. Anyway, I could say she wasn't real fond of the chores, but nowadays she has realized the the legacy and the honor it is to have the farm for as many years as it has been in the family, that she's just really excited about keeping it in the family. Um, right now they have horses, um, mainly for fun. You know, she does have some breeding ideas going forward, but at the moment they are training for pulling and riding and gaming these horses. But they also have beef there for some income. They have uh, a small beef herd. They have chickens, but they don't sell them or the eggs. They just share the the eggs with whoever needs them. They just want to bless people with the, the land, the farm that she feels God has dropped into her lap. Wow. So um, 
like I say, they love the horses and they're realizing that um, there's definitely a relationship between horses and people. If you're if you treat them well, they'll treat you well, and if you give them respect, they will respect you back. Right. Yep. And so she shares a lot of her horse. What do you call it? Knowledge. Well, Sense. knowledge. She gives lessons, beginner lessons, but she also shares the horses themselves with younger and community. She recently took the horses down to Red Wing for a national night out and gave horseback rides to community. Sure. It, and it just was just something she does out of the goodness of her heart. It isn't mm-hmm. for any kind of right. um, reward. For reward, right. right. The reward. Seeing people's smiles and the enjoyment that they have, and she has a daughter who is full into horses as well. She's thirteen. Eva will take over the farm. She's already got plans <laughs> just to enhance the horse. Sure. Do you call it a herd? <laughs> Group. Group. Well, well, it's wonderful to know that after one hundred and fifty years plus, it's going to continue. Linda Lundegaard, along with us, uh, her daughter and son-in-law, now enjoying the farm and sharing, as she said, the blessing of being on a family farm that's been a part of your life, your history, for more than 150 years in Pierce County, uh, the small community of Beldenville. Again, just one of the reasons why we're sharing these stories with those families that have had the homestead, farmstead in their family for 100, 150 years and more. Brought to you courtesy of Compure Financial.